0: This is a podcast from the Sports Pro Insider Series. Hello again everyone, hope you're keeping well. Uh, this is Owen Connolly, the editor-at-large at Sports Pro. Uh, Delighted to be back and bringing you another podcast from the Sports Pro Insider Series, highlighting some of the best of our virtual conferences this summer. Uh, We're going to be hearing about sponsorship this time and dipping into the world of sports entertainment with John Brody, the Executive Vice President and Global Head of Sales and Partnerships at WWE. Uh, I spoke to John a few weeks ago about how professional wrestling has adapted to the restrictions of recent months uh, with its events and content reworked for closed venues, the space it makes for sponsors in its output and how it can involve them in storytelling, uh, its connections with its audience, uh, the role of WWE performers and some of the other unique things the organisation can do uh, sitting in that spot between sport and entertainment. John's good company and uh, I hope it will be an enjoyable An insightful 40 minutes or so for you all. There is plenty more to come from the Insider Series. You can expect some more of these pods, uh, but I'd really recommend if you haven't already checking out the events themselves. Um, If you're able to join us live, we've got sessions coming up on emerging tech and media, social media in sport, sustainability, OTT and broadcasting, uh, finance and investment, athletes in business uh, and leadership. Uh, those are happening every two weeks they're taking you all the way to the middle of October Um, if you are able to get on the platform live you can ask questions follow polls um, and connect with peers in the live chat head to sportsbroinsiderseries.com. put in a few details and you'll be all set you'll also be able to catch up with every single session of the series so far on demand those cover esports and gaming Uh, engaging fans with ott and broadcast digital strategy sponsorship broadcast tech and innovation uh, right up to our most recent event women in sport where we had some brilliant stuff with speakers from the san antonio spurs philadelphia 76ers uefa be in media group Uh, we had the commissioners of the national women's soccer league and the call of duty league ellie norman at formula one Uh, we had denise lewis joining us in her role as President of Commonwealth Games England. Um, If you want to hear more about WWE, you can also check out the conversation with Stephanie McMahon, the Chief Brand Officer, and someone with experience in the ring as well. You'll get all of that at sportsproinsiderseries.com and you'll get all of it for free, so do be sure to check it out. Uh, A lot to look out for across all of our channels over the next few weeks or so. A couple of event announcements. We should have another magazine for you by the end of July. Uh, some great guests coming up on the podcasts and of course unmissable editorial appearing all the time on sportspromedia.com so get across all of that you won't be sorry uh, for now i will leave you with my chat with john Brody. Uh take care and speak again very soon sports pro connecting and inspiring the business world of sport john welcome uh, you've got to live up to that now
1: yeah, I have a I have a weird um, habit of starting with a video like that and then having to figure out a way to, to match it for the next 40, 45 minutes. But um, first of all, I want to thank Sports Pro for inviting me and the WWE to take part in this today. We're excited to uh, be doing this. We'd love to be together, but um, there's always 2021. Right. We can look ahead to, to that. Um, But I think it's important to start our conversation with with that video because it talks about who we are and what we are. We're in the business of putting smiles on people's faces all around the world. We're in the business of delivering hope. We're in the business of sharing stories and creating family memories and during this time and at all times but especially in times of challenge We think it's important to be there as an outlet for everyone around the world. You know, day in and day out, people are putting food on the table um, and, and trying to work through this challenging time. We're there as a, we think, a beacon of hope and a part of everyone's life to give them a little happiness. And whether it's now during this pandemic or what we did or have done in the Middle East with bringing female wrestlers to Saudi Arabia and Giving hope to little boys and little girls—that's the business that we're in, and we take that seriously. And we think we have this important calling to be part of that sports and entertainment landscape in a way that really impacts people's lives.
0: Hmm. Um, it's quite a message. I mean, the—you uh, know—we're we're, going to get onto the extraordinary times that we're in, and, and some of the extraordinary things that you're having to do to, to keep events going, or to keep the kind of partnership and presentation yeah. side of things going. Um, But let's just establish kind of what a pre-COVID WWE partnership looked like, typically.
1: Yeah, and and again, we'll talk a little bit about the the COVID world, but it's also about who we were, who we are, and who we're going to become. Um, And for WWE, we have a unique set of assets that differentiates us, I think, from sports and entertainment properties generally. Um, and I've worked, I've spent many years in my career prior to WWE at more traditional stick and ball sports and they have tremendous assets and we want them to get back um, in on the pitch and on the field and in the stadium as soon as we can and on television. Um, but what we have at WWE is this kind of unique 360 degree approach which allows us to touch our consumer and to touch our partners wherever they want to meet us. And what I mean by that is we can deliver Seasonality is not an issue for us. We're 365 days a year, 52 weeks a year. Check that box. We have access to all of the great talent, over 250 WWE superstars, all of whom are trained in the ring and are amazing athletes, but also have been trained as actors, as people who can deliver that line, the person who understands the integration with that sponsor. Um, We also shoot all of our own content. We do it in the U.S. and around the world. We've been shooting our own content for over 40 years. So we have this kind of full circle of assets that allows us to test and learn and become better for our partners and meet them where they want to be. And what we've found in in the pre-COVID world, to your question, we found that they really want to be integrated into the action and we can bring them closer to the action than any other sport or entertainment property really can, whether it's setting up a table for KFC and letting uh, fans eat buckets of chicken, really good chicken, um, while watching inside right next to the ring or taking advantage of some of the great things we do in the community with our partners at Hyundai. We have the ability to create those things and control the action in ways that more typical uh, sports properties really struggle to do.
0: Mm. so i mean but beyond that what are some of the key points of, of differentiation between yourselves and uh and a traditional sports property when it comes to uh to bringing in sponsors and to activating sponsorship
1: yeah you know we have a, we made an early pivot right to ott with the wwe network um roughly 1.5 million households in the first quarter of this year uh delivering content that way we are the number one sports site on YouTube, not number one in the US, not number one in sports entertainment, number one period, full stop. And that allows us to deliver in different ways, right? And So as we transition to the future, we think we're really well positioned across linear, across digital, across YouTube, across social, because our talent is so able to communicate. And ultimately, what we believe is we're not competing against the NFL or the EPL, we want all sports and entertainment properties to flourish. We're creating opportunities for us to meet our fans where they are. We don't care what device you're on, we don't care where you are, whether you're in Mumbai or you're in Montreal, we wanna be able to deliver for you and we wanna just get this almighty holy grail of a good slice of their time. We Hmm. want them to spend time with us, invest in our storylines, invest in our superstars whether you enjoy watching the bellas or you enjoy watching seth rollins in the ring or you have enjoyed the chronicles of of the undertaker in his last ride we want to deliver the content how you want it where you want it when you want it with as little friction as we can to get more of that precious resource of your time
0: yeah i mean th- something you picked up on there was you know wanting other uh, other properties to flourish it was Notable in that video, how many faces from the world of sport and entertainment um, turn up at your events and you know, how much work goes into that side of things, into into building those relationships and kind of amplifying what you do across other audiences as well.
1: Yeah, interesting for us, and, and I've learned this over the five plus years I've been with WWE, um, we have a tremendously diverse fan base. We over-index across a number of different categories, whether it's African-American or Hispanic. Um, But to your point, we also tend to over-index with fellow world-class athletes, um, fellow entertainers. Um, And I think it's because of our storyline. They see the opportunity um, to engage with us each and every week, whether it's Monday on Raw, Wednesday on NXT, Friday with SmackDown, and they, they get caught up in it. Um, I think Kevin Hart said that you just get caught Kevin Hart and I very similar, as you can tell, you just get caught up in it. Right. And the storyline builds and you get invested in our superstars and our stories and the athleticism of them. And we've, we've really had a lot of success working with a lot of other sports and entertainment superstars because they, they see and respect ours looks, you know, and, and look at our history, right? The rock John Cena. Um, if you even, go to Ric Flair and now his daughter, Charlotte Flair. We have a great lineage and we have great history of building these superstars and this connection with fans. And ultimately for us, we want everyone to be entertained, whether it's LeBron James after winning um, his first NBA title, holding up that title with an Ultimate Warrior t-shirt or Rob Gronkowski being a part of our ecosystem because he just loves WWE so much. We wanna welcome everyone in and entertain our fans in the US, around the world, kind of in ways that they wanna be entertained because that's the business that we're ultimately in. Yeah, you
0: mentioned you know, a key point of difference is obviously you have very, very talented people uh, athletically involved with, with your organization. They're, they're fantastic, well-tuned athletes, but they are also trained performers. I mean, does that reflect on how, uh, or sorry, is that reflected on in how they're used in your partnerships and your promotions? How how are uh, the talent incorporated into that?
1: Yeah, and it goes to that 360 degree ecosystem. We kind of have this one stop shopping ecosystem, right? And what's special for us, and then for our partners, most importantly, is as they are trained as athletes and also know how to deliver a line and know how to react to an audience and know how to carry a conversation and carry themselves. Um, many of them are bilingual. That's, a, that's an enormous advantage for us. Um, when we go to a partner, many times I'll bring Kofi Kingston or The Miz or Sasha Banks into an actual meeting with us, whether it's with our television partners or with our sponsor partners to show them who we are. Because ultimately, that's who we are, our talent, our superstars, and our stories. And having them in the room certainly makes a difference because it allows us to show this buyer or this potential partner what we can deliver that is, you know, frankly, differentiated versus other, versus other sports properties. You know, we like to call ourselves scripted sports. And we think that more and more sports is becoming this global entertainment mechanism because it is consumed live and it has that differentiation that we all understand. But ultimately what makes our property, we think unique are our superstars and also the ability that in any language, whether you're in uh, South Africa or you're in South America, you can understand two men in a ring, two women in a ring, four men four women in a ring talking about their dispute or having their conversation and then the, and then kind of settling the score if you will that's very translatable in any language
0: okay um we've got a few questions in already and we're going to be throwing uh to our questions tab every few minutes so please do keep this is those. where it
1: gets tough yeah. this is where i got to be ready
0: <laughs> um david will we'll start with because this kind of takes us into our our next phase of our conversation but as the rates to get live sport behind closed doors up and running rather than perhaps using this time to further grow the behind the scenes content paid off as expected uh, have you delivered in terms of the quality of the product uh, and or meeting fan expectations
1: so, so look we're we're always going to push ourselves to get better i i hope that we have uh, exceeded fans' expectations. But I, but I would I would say we haven't just tried to do it in the ring. Um, we continue to do access to our superstars, whether it's through digital, whether it's through um, traditional um, terrestrial television. We want our fans to be a part of the lives of our superstars. So with our programming on the network, with our uh, shows like The Bellas and The Divas, with Ms. and Mrs., and our, obviously our in-ring programming, we wanna give people that full picture. And we've worked really hard to make sure we stayed on, make sure that we continue to produce content because we feel in times of need, that's when properties need to step up and, and, and we've worked really hard and our superstars have worked really hard to do that. So I don't think it has been an either or of in the ring or out of the ring. The answer for us has been yes, more, more, more. You know, we saw what we did with ESPN in the States by giving fans the opportunity to relive some of their favorite WrestleManias or or some of the Fox programming we're doing on Tuesday nights so that every night we're a part of your viewing or giving you the opportunity to view and consume. I think that's what we've really been focused on, always doing it safely, always putting the health and well-being of our staff and our superstars first and foremost. But we really wanted to stay on and stay a part of people's lives during this time. We think they need us now more than ever. Yeah. So, but just
0: on that point about um, content and, and the behind the scenes content that was mentioned, how is the fact that everybody is now, uh, everyone who's who's involved is is at your facility down in Florida? You're not on the road. Uh, you're not setting up in new arenas two three times yeah. a week. What what's that done to your content strategy as far as that goes?
1: Yeah. Look, first of all, if people will open arenas safely, we're ready. Um, our chairman and, and CEO Vince McMahon has said, um, we're ready to go and entertain and put smiles on people's faces. So we look forward to that next step in the transition. Um, but but what we've tried to do is make sure that the Performance Center, which by the way, was not a set. The Performance Center was actually where we were training our superstars um, and giving them all the support they needed. It's now turned into a set. Um, it's been different. It's given us a chance to learn a bit about what we can do, stretch some boundaries. If you watched some of our recent pay-per-views, you've seen some highly successful, more cinematic type of matches. Uh, the Boneyard match with Undertaker at WrestleMania um, and what we did in our own offices um, in Stanford, Connecticut with Money in the Bank, giving people the chance to see us in a different way and, and, and also testing different ways that hopefully expand our audience and give our fans what they what they crave um you know when we're when we're in a time of reduced travel we're just trying to produce content deliver content and give fans the chance to ingest content and we've just had to pivot and evolve based on the realities of this global pandemic
0: Mm. what's that done as far as your uh, as far as your partnerships go that that change in presentation obviously there's Activations that you can't do because there's no fans there. Um, Hard what to do a seat upgrade. You oh, have yeah. Hard to do
1: a seat upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I, and I think Fox and NBC in the states have been really public about it. First, importantly, we've continued to deliver content right to our partners and then to our fans. That's number one. Um, and I say that's number one, and I move on. That that ain't easy to do. Um, so we've really focused on that, and then for our partners first thing and i learned this a long time ago the most important thing is to communicate we communicated with them at the beginning in march about what our plans were for wrestlemania we talked to partners like snickers who's been the presenting sponsor of wrestlemania for five consecutive years we talked to them about ways that we're going to have to change our our approach a little bit you know we were going to we were planning a large event prior to uh, WrestleMania at Raymond James Stadium that Snickers was going to present with live music and all those things, you can't do that. So how do you evolve? What we what we worked on with Mars and Cricket and all of our major partners was to give them more opportunity inside the pay-per-view to touch the content and to be closer to the action. Um, we also expanded WrestleMania to be two nights, right? It is, I think the line was too big for just one night, so Saturday and Sunday was a a weekend of WrestleMania, giving more content to the fans, but also giving more opportunity to our partner and partners. Papa John's, who has been extremely active during this time, came in as the presenting sponsor of our pre-show. So you can order your Papa John's and then watch uh, WrestleMania. So we tried to get creative and give access to our partners, always with our eye on how we can deliver to our fans.
0: How has that moved on since um, since WrestleMania was was held? We're talking, what, a couple of months ago now? You're back to doing uh, live events instead of pre-taped. Um, you know, what? Yeah. How, how have the partnerships moved on? What have you learned about that in this period, which a lot of people are going to be in for, for quite some time?
1: Yeah, you know, a line my team hears me say a lot is prosperity gives you friends, adversity proves them. And one of our... Imp- we think one of our important responsibilities is to not be a good partner, not be a better partner, but to be our best partner. And what we have done more than anything is to listen. What is important for Modelo is very different than what's important for cricket. What's important for Nestle is very different than what's important um, for Fitterman we have different partners doing different things. So we have to give them the opportunity to communicate with us and tell us what's important to them. You know, the age old answer of over delivering, every partner, every property wants to do that. I think it's important to think about how do you over deliver in ways that are relevant? How do you over deliver and meet your partner where they are now? What matters to that partner now? Hmm. What can we do with our superstars to deliver now? You know, for Modelo, it was about talking about first responders and getting our superstars to do it. For Nestle, it was talking with one of our most most well-respected uh, superstars, Titus O'Neill, who's a finalist for the ESPN Sports Humanitarian Award, and getting him out there to talk about healthy living in these times. So you have to meet your partner where they are and deliver for them what they need, because what they need now may be very different what they needed a few months ago and what they'll need a few months henceforth. So listening being extremely flexible and being willing to deliver for a partner in prosperity and in adversity Mm. i think is the the key to success in partnerships no matter where they are and what type they are yeah i mean how
0: difficult has it been to tell stories through sponsorship to find you know the right tone uh in this period and what work has gone into that
1: yeah you know super question one we ask ourselves all the time you know when we're when we're talking about Money in the Bank, uh, one of our pay-per-views where people, uh, superstars climb throughout our building in Stanford, Connecticut, to get to the roof, to get to the Money in the Bank briefcase, um, how do we integrate partners into that? And what is the right tone and what is maybe not the right tone at this time? And what we, what I learned a long time ago and I think we, we practice is I'm not the brand manager for Procter & Gamble. I don't know everything that's going on inside Unilever stores. I have to listen to my partners and they need to give me the insight on what they need to do at that time and then we need to have the creativity, flexibility and assets to be able to deliver what works for them. And these are unprecedented times. It's the it's the overstatement of the of the century, but these are truly unprecedented times. There's no there's no drivers manual for this. Um, so what we found that we have to do is try to communicate with our partners and really listen to them. And we've been pretty successful if people have have come to us with a with a query or with a suggestion or with an idea. Um, we're willing to try it. We're we're a very flexible organization that says yes more I think than any other. And we've we've taken that same approach throughout the COVID the COVID pandemic.
0: Okay. Uh, we're going to dip back into the viewers' questions. We've got one from Jakob Um, How are you integrating the athletes into your social media strategy? They are extremely trusted role models with high reach and engagement rates. This makes yeah. them highly interesting for content distribution for both rights holders and their sponsors. Um, so what's, what's your approach to that?
1: Yeah, uh, and, and our approach during COVID is no different than our approach generally. Um, we want our partners to have the ability... To touch and feel our superstars, but most importantly, we want our fans to. So, getting access to our fans is super important, um, and our and our superstars understand that. So, what have we done to do that? We've just continued to communicate, and we've continued to create the opportunity for interaction. Um, a couple stats. I'm going to look over here to the side for a few of the stats, but. Our global views on WWE Network are up over 50% year over year. Um, Our YouTube sales is up. Our subs are up. I think we're up 100% year over year in April on YouTube. That just has reestablished for us the need to communicate and the need for us to put our sponsors first by putting our superstars out there. And our superstars embrace it. they can't interact with fans the same way as they normally can week in and week out so being able to do that through social media is something that we've been kind of the leader and again number one sports site on youtube i think 10 of the top 15 female athletes on social media are wwe superstars these are things that many buyers and many fans may not know we want to continue to propel that and move that forward because i i think as COVID as we all find our our new normal, and as COVID hopefully finds, um, hopefully we find the the right medications and the right cures, um, the world will change, and we think it will continue to evolve more towards digital um, and more towards the the thing I said at the at the upfront, which is giving fans the opportunity to watch what they want, where they want, when they want. Mm. Linear television will continue to be incredibly important, but we think this continues to fast forward that trend to giving the ultimate choice to the consumers.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other thing that it's accelerated is the need, uh, particularly in the sponsorship space, to, to do things digitally because, again, as we mm-hmm. talked about, you know, the, you don't have the physical contact with fans in, in stadiums. Um, how have you adapted your execution of, of uh, the digital side of your partnerships in, in the last couple of months?
1: Yeah, I think one corollary I'd add to that is, before I even answer your question, is I think the measurement element of digital is so incredibly powerful because you can measure. Um, You can measure on television, you can measure in the more traditional mechanisms, but the ability to truly measure the impact on on digital and social we've found to be incredibly valuable and will, I think, just exponentially grow um, in the short to medium term. Again, what we've had to do is take that more traditional experience of in-venue or execution in a specific pay-per-view or in a specific live event and move it in a different way. It isn't necessarily pull it out of the event and put it on digital and social. It's changed that conversation. Maybe it turns into, um, instead of a store visit for Cricket Wireless, it is uh, an online gathering where our superstars may be talking some some ways about what they do in the ring some ways about their life and the convenience that cricket wireless provides it's just finding a new way to deliver that same message or that evolved message and and all of us whether it's wwe or epl or major league baseball everyone is trying to find that balance but also find the ability to create new ways to communicate with fans
0: help us spread the word about the sports pro podcast Subscribe, like and share our content on social. Join the conversation on Twitter with the hashtag sportspropod. And if you're enjoying our work, why not leave us a rating and a nice review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you want to get in touch, you can send us an email, podcast at sportspromedia.com. The Sports Pro Podcast, we're listening to. Um, are there any barriers that you put up around your content as far as consumers go or, or brand partners? Are there any um, you know, obviously, you're, you're having these conversations with with sponsors all the time. Uh, given that you are, to, to use your term, scripted sport, you you have an idea of what you've got coming up from uh, an events and you know uh, uh, a storylines perspective. Where where does the boundary between what you want to control as storytellers and and what uh, what the partners want to be involved in? Where does where does that present itself?
1: You know, th- this is a fun question for me because we're not so good at boundaries. Uh, we, want, we want to push innovation. We want to push the opportunity for brands to get inside our content in ways that more traditional sports properties just can't deliver. Um, so when I'm asked by a, a potential partner, how far will you go? My answer back to them is how far will you go? And that's what I think makes WWE so special is because we have the right type of mentality, we're an entrepreneurial idea generated or idea generation think tank in many ways. We wanna push, we wanna get rid of those boundaries. We wanna wanna be known as the first to have done this. We wanna be known as the partner that has done more. So when you say boundaries, are there some, sure there are some physical boundaries now, that's just reality. But boundaries that relate to what we can do with our partners, you know, we like to be the no boundary zone. And I think that is one of the major differences that we have and something we look to talk about and promote because partners, once they see it, they believe it.
0: Uh, More questions from the floor or the virtual floor. Um, Owen Betridge, how do you use the partners within the WWE network or, or are they easier to work with? on the TV stations that show your shows?
1: You know, a partner's a partner. Um, So we have, you know, our our largest partners are our our distribution partners, Fox and NBC in the U.S., um, and obviously um, many other partners all around the world. It's incredibly important for us to give the opportunity for them to generate revenue against the content. So whether it's the partnerships that uh, Fox and NBC have done in the U.S., or what we've done with sponsors—they're all—they're all important. Um, we just try to treat them differently. The opportunity inside a live television show on Monday Night Raw is just a little different than the opportunity around, you know, a, a weekly show called X, Y, or Z on on the network. We just can do different things. So what we found is if you create opportunities, and we have, we have toolkits, and we have all these different idea banks that we share, you find the right mix for for everyone. So I wouldn't say one's easier or harder. We have more flexibility sometimes on the network or on our pay-per-views, just because it's not always live television, although the pay-per-views are. Um, But generally, you just have to give the partner the access that they need. And then we can usually come up with a creative approach. And our partners you know, all around the world, our, our television partners, our linear partners, have been super supportive during this time and they've been excited that we've been able to continue to produce content and they've been able to continue to deliver to their fans but also um, continue to monetize those rights that they uh, that they secured from us. So they're all important. It's just a different way to deliver.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Francisco Navaja, what's your plan to promote WWE to get more engagement with the audience
1: in LATAM? So I... Uh, I spent a lot of time in Mexico, um, over the last few years, uh, also, uh, throughout Latam, been to, uh, been to South America and, and, and spent a good deal of time in Brazil. Uh, there's a, there's a tremendous culture of fandom for wrestling and for WWE throughout Latin America. It's been an area where we see opportunity and growth. It's an area where we'd love to be able to create a televised live event, um, some sort of special live event in the short to medium term. Um, Our fans have passion there. We deliver tons of content through YouTube and all of our other channels, and we just watch the numbers continue to go up. So anywhere where we have a particular fan base that needs to be served, we want to try to super serve them. And I think there are a lot of exciting plans that we'll be unveiling for Latin America in the, in the, in the months ahead. Obviously COVID makes you have to rejigger some calendars and um, we are truly a, a global property. So when you're a global property, you actually have to be a global property. You need to have events all around the world. You need to create compelling storylines. You need to also make sure that when you're doing things in Latin America, that you do it in language. So we're continuing to find ways to do that, whether it's through our network, through our live events, through our digital and social, to make sure we feed this unsatiable thirst um, for WWE.
0: Mm. You also have your friends down there in Mexico uh, doing lucha libre, which is yeah. you know a yeah. similar similar kind of culture, similar kind of spectacle. What what kind of how how does that affect um, the way your fan base has developed in that country?
1: Yeah, I, you know, Lucha Libre is a very different um, a very different property than ours. Um, not better or worse, just different. Uh, we love fans of all sport. We love fans of all types of wrestling. Um, we will look to do partnerships where they make sense for us. We'll also look to continue to develop that relationship that we have with fans. You know, we have a long history in Latin America. We have a long history around the world of, de- of delivering family-friendly content. Um, PG content, and that's something that's really important to our partners and really important to our fans. And we made that pivot, you know, over a decade ago to to really look at how we can be a part of that experience, mother to son, grandfather to grandson, uncle to granddaughter, and we take that and we take that to heart. So we want to make sure what we're delivering is something that they can really enjoy, and. There are a lot of different ways that we we can do it, but we kind of stay true to the, how do we deliver what they want, where they want, when they want, but do it in ways that are relevant. In real, in Spanish language, in, in Latam's case, getting events there, creating more events, having more superstars visit and be a part of the culture of Mexico or anywhere we talk about, because you can't just roll into town, do an event and see in a few years, you got to be a part of it. And that's why our Regional general managers and our regional offices are also so important to our connection to our fans in all of those different parts of the world. Mm.
0: Staying with the international picture, we've got a question from David Skudin. Uh, how do you handle international sponsors that may not be known here in the states or there in the states? Uh, speaking here from London.
1: So we we there's a reason my group is called Global Sales and Partnerships. We're not a U.S. We're U.S. based for sure, but we're not a U.S. only um, sales and revenue group. Uh, We have done a tremendous amount of work all around the world. You know, I oversaw the international operation for WWE in addition to my revenue um, role for about three years. So I had a great advantage of going around the world and seeing this fandom that is so ravenous for WWE. So if you are a sponsor... In the UK, we offer rights that and the ability to get close to our content that are UK-based. Same for Germany. Same for South Africa. Same for Australia. So we give people the opportunity to stay within their um, within their region. We also can do global partnerships. So some of our partnerships truly transcend borders. All of those things give us the advantage to deliver the content, but then deliver the value for sponsors. Um. Not many people realize how long we've been in all of these different places. You know, we do tryouts. I was at a tryout recently in China, and we had so much excitement from the marketplace. It was on the front page of the newspaper. We were the story um, there. I did the same in Mumbai. I did the same... Um, in Frankfurt. So we go around the world and we see the power of our property. We just want to deliver that value back to partners. And again, as I'm starting to repeat myself, meet them where they are Mm -hmm. and deliver the the assets that they need to be successful for their business. And in this case, in their region.
0: Okay. A couple more questions and then uh, we're we're, we're running tight on time, but hopefully we'll get a couple more in. Uh, Lawrence Kaiser, WWE is the prime example of sports entertainment having a new niche of sports entertainment never seen before. Is there room in that space for other concepts and ideas to thrive and become a mainstay? And would you welcome it?
1: So I appreciate the question. It's a good one. I think the lines are being blurred every day between sports and entertainment. Sports is entertainment. Entertainment is sports. We happen to stand at that unique pivot point and have an advantage perhaps against more traditional sports properties and more traditional entertainment properties. We welcome everyone into that pivot point because ultimately we're all competing and all delivering for consumers. And if you ask me, are we a sport? My answer is yes. If you ask me for an entertainment property, my answer is yes. Because I think that's what makes us viable and interesting. To the consumer. Ultimately, I don't compete with UFC. I don't compete with the NHL. I compete for time. And we have so many choices. Think how many choices just are on our screen right now. I have five different things I can do right now. I can poll. I can chat. I can answer. I can log off. I can surf. The internet. I won't log oh off. God. I don't really know how to log off. Um, But ultimately, we're all in this search for time. So we welcome more sports and entertainment properties. I'm, I'm thrilled that NASCAR's back. I can't wait to watch a Major League Baseball game. I'm ready to cheer on Arsenal. Like, let's go. Let's get these things going because there's plenty of room for all. Ultimately, cream rises. Good content wins. Good content wins because the judge and jury are the fans. So let's give the fans what they want.
0: Okay. Um, this one's been up, I think since the start, so we might as well bring it up before Uh we wrap up. John, how would, how, how would Haystack's Calhoun and the Bastine brothers fare in WWE in 2020?
1: (laughs) Um, I guess I'd answer that by saying, uh, who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Um, (laughs) you know, we've all watched and that was great TV. Um, the, 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 multi-week piece on Jordan. Look, I think that's that's what makes sport and that's what makes this so fun, right? It's, it's the opportunity for us to get on this call and talk about who would have beaten whom, who has, is it better today than it was, is Bruno San Martino up to the challenge against Roman Reigns? That's what makes this so fun. It's sport, it's competition, it's conversation about something That's so entertaining. So I learned long ago not to make predictions. um, And I'm certainly not going to answer that one other than to say, I'd love to see it the same way I'd love to see Jordan versus LeBron one-on-one or the same reason I'd love to see Pele in today's world. Wouldn't that just be cool? Um, Because we're all fans of sport and we're all fans of these great rivalries and these great competitions. And we all are fans of sitting around talking about the great passion that we feel for our for our teams and in our case for our superstars
0: yeah just that's a good the, one though. <laughs> just on that topic i mean you you mentioned the last dance there uh, you've been doing some of your own um storytelling from the archives as well how does that fit yeah. the commercial picture for you guys is it is yeah. it just about content is it something that you can do to to build out some of these relationships with partners where, where do you see that In the future,
1: you know, I I just said it a little bit, right? It's the value of the content. The value of that Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan WrestleMania three match is super high, right? People crave more content, so opening. But it's a balance, right? We have so so much of it. We have so much history. A lot of it sits with WWE Network, but we also want to give people the chance to taste it and feel it. Um, so it's a balancing act. We want to make sure that our, our subscribers on the network feel as though they're getting value and, and we know that they are. But we also want to bring in that new, uh, that new fan who maybe on a Sunday night wasn't checking us out before, but now because it was on ESPN or someone who was on FS1 <clears throat> on a Tuesday night, stuck around and saw that match, we want to give them a chance to get closer to our property. Um, so there's that balance, right? There's that balance of how do you deliver value, but how do you also continue to fill the funnel uh, with fans in the US and, and around the world? I saw oh. one of the chats there, someone liked my Bruno San Martino reference, so I'm <laughs> psyched that they liked that one. Um, what, what are your priorities now going
0: into the rest of 2020? How, how, is this, how, how have they been affected by the events of the last couple of months?
1: Anyone who said they have not been affected commercially, personally, holistically is either living under a rock or not telling you the truth. I mean, what we're all experiencing every day is is different and our business will be different coming out of it. Um, first and foremost, my, my vision and my role, I think, is to keep all of my employees um, safe and healthy. I think it's to make sure that our superstars are the same safe and safe and healthy as we continue to entertain, but then ultimately look at this as an opportunity to deliver for partners in ways that we haven't done before. You know, I was on a call this morning with a couple of my senior uh, teammates, and we were talking about what can we create for partner X that we've never done before? How do we open up that that thought, that connection with a fan to do something that hasn't been done. How do we create that phantasmagorical moment in ways that we haven't done before? And and that to me is opportunity, and that to me is a challenge that all of us at WWE are excited for. Whether you're in the revenue generating side like I am, or you're a creative writer, or you're part of our you know part of our billion dollar uh, CPG business, how do we reinvent? Um, and one of the things Vince McMahon says a lot to us is treat today like it's your first day on the job i think that's never more true than now i would and not that i edit my chairman and ceo but it's your first day on the job in a whole new world and that's what we're really spending a lot of time doing it's not going to be the same as it was before but that's good how do you Mm. learn from it how do you take this as an opportunity and how do you do some really really innovative cool things to entertain our fans
0: phantasmagorical is quite a bar to set it,
1: i would quickly <laughs> bail uh, i'm
0: going to leave the last question to cassie you um how yeah, will the overall sponsorship how will the overall sponsorship strategy change after this pandemic
1: well first of all over the last five years um we've grown our business about 105 percent and that's a huge number and that i don't take that for granted for one minute we've had partners who've come with us on that journey who've taken that risk maybe it wasn't something they knew as much before as they do now they didn't appreciate our flexibility and our one-stop shopping and a 360 degree approach so we're going to continue to do those things we're going to continue to innovate we're going to continue to ideate Um, but ultimately where do we go from here we continue to meet partners where they are and we listen and we create opportunity And again, if you heard nothing else in this um, last hour, I hope, I hope it's that you've heard WWE creates flexible opportunities for partners, creates the ability for partners to get inside the WWE's action, whether it's in the ring or in the lifestyle of our superstars. And that's where we're going to continue to go and evolve. Are we going to see change and evolution in how our content is distributed? Yeah, that's just a truism, but we want to meet our partners and our fans at that intersection of where, when and why and deliver the the content that they desire. And I don't think the pandemic changes that. I think it just further kind of creates the lens of clarity for us that we need to be innovative. We need to create opportunity and we need to deliver for our fans and our partners now more than ever.
0: The Sports Pro Podcast is published by Sports Pro Media. The producer is Ed Dixon.